What is up, everybody? We are back for yet another episode of Rick for Dirt, where we bring the adventure to you. And today, um, I'm feeling my energy is really low for some reason. I don't, I don't know what's wrong. It's like probably from the week that we just had. Well, there's that, and 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 I'm surrounded by all kinds of Toyota stuff. Yeah. And there's like nothing having to do with Jeeps. Is, is your in this is building. your your Jeep self kind of feeling yeah, it's like just, you're trapped? It's just shriveling a little. It's trapped a little bit. My, <laughs> my Jeep ego is like dying right now. <laughs> Nobody cares about what I'm into. This is all about like you, your world, and Jason here. Whose shop we're at right now? That's right. We're at the shop of uh, Demello Off Road with Jason Demello. Hello. Hi, Jason. I'm just curious though. When you walked through the front door, you didn't catch on fire. You mentioned the Jeep. <laughs> no, it was weird. Like, Those aren't yeah. usually allowed in our parking lot think, or in our house. I think you invited me in. <laughs> Is that what so happened? It was okay. Okay. It's like a vampire. Yeah, thing. yeah. Gotcha. You invited me in. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So, so yeah, this is a, one of the podcasts that obviously is is I've been waiting to do for a long time. Right, uh, sitting down with Jason, um, who is someone I've been following since I got back into off roading a few years ago, um, and pining after some of some of your wares, and finally stoked to finally have some sliders on the FJ and and soon some more. So. Yeah, this has been kind of a long time coming for me, so I'm super excited to be here. So if I geek out a little bit, feel free to dial it back on me and just say, <laughs> pump the brakes, dude. Like I said, man, we are in your world today. Right. I'm just uh, happy to be along for the ride on this one. Yeah. So why don't, we, why don't we start off with um, the way we normally do, right, and kind of go back uh, up a little. Go back up a little bit to uh, where we finished off on the last episode with Nick. Um, yeah, so and, we spent some time with Rome Adventure Company. Yeah. Yep and kind of what's been going on since then in the last two weeks. So what happened? You took off, right, on a trip? Yeah, I was back. Um, by then, I went to Canada for work, um, and I've been in cold places pretty much ever since. Like, <laughs> it feels like I went to Nebraska for over Christmas, right. and then a few weeks later, we went to Ottawa, where the high the high was um, as 12 degrees. I don't think my freezer even goes out low. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was the high for the day was 12 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And that was, uh, that was brutal. That was, not, that was not my kind of party. But we were there all week, and I learned how to layer and stay warm uh, like an Eskimo. So, um, so, yeah, that was fun. And then, um, we, unfortunately, we had to go back a week later. Yeah. Um, Shannon's grandmother passed away. Uh, That's a bummer. Thelma, Thelma Bryant, may she rest in peace, um, at, a, at the the wonderful wonderful age of 101 wow. good for her yeah wow. she she made it count man she was an awesome person um at the i made the comment at the funeral because it's very true um it was weird to be in her presence and not be asked to help her finish off candy um <laughs> <laughs> that woman had a sweet tooth man she was Every time we went to go visit her, there was candy everywhere, and it was always good candy. She was not. It wasn't like the hard candy. No, like the, it was like good candy. <laughs> you like want she, some hard candies? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, she didn't mess around. She had like legit candies, That's and it awesome. was. I mean, and she had also like everything, basically M and M's, you name it. It was just good candy. Dude, if I'm 101, I'm eating whatever the f I want. Right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You like, earned it. You yeah, earned dude. it. And the best part is, like, up until the end, I mean, I felt that at 101, she was sharp as a freaking tack, man. Yeah. Sharper than I am now at 40. Like, <laughs> I was like, I I forget names and places all the time, and she's like, I remember this time in 1936. You know, listen that. I'm like, how? How do you know? Like, it's just yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, I made the joke too with her one time and I was like, look, I understand why you say dates sometimes, 
we also have no way to verify that it actually was that year because none of us were alive. <laughs> none of us <laughs> so existed. She could just be messing with us, from right. like, <laughs> which would be very, which would be a very Grandma Thelma thing to do. <laughs> so, so yeah, may she rest in peace. She's a wonderful lady. Um, I'm just glad I had, I got the opportunity to know her. Um, for as long as I did before she she left this world. So well, that's really cool. I mean, uh, yeah. one thing that your little story right there kind of brings up is the fact that, and I've said this to others, it's like you know all you really take or all you leave behind is like the love, right? Right. Maybe right. the hate, like hopefully not the hate, but like <laughs> the love that you leave behind and like the the good stories. So it's like right. living that life <clears throat> that's full of like you know living a life worth remembering, right? Yeah. I think, uh, it was like a Brandon Lee or Bruce Lee kind of saying. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of rings true it's like you know you are going to go eventually there's no getting around that but the stories that people tell after you leave exactly that's that's pretty rad that for her she left behind some great memories and stories that you can now recount and i hope i do the same you know yeah that's and you're right like people say that all the time that you live on and the people that you influence and that you've reached and it's true like she's you know i only knew her for probably 12 years um and which sounds like a lot, yeah. but she's also 101. Like you think about how many, there's people that, that she grew up with and she lived her entire life with that weren't alive for her funeral. And so everyone that was there for the most part are people that she met in the later half of her life. Wow. Right. You know, like think about that. that. A, that's yeah. actually a trip. Right? Yeah. Like think yeah. about that. People that are going to your funeral at that age are people that you met 20, 30 years ago, which you were already in your 70s. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, most of the people you grew up with are actually probably either they're gone. They're gone. Or, yeah. yeah. Unable yeah. to travel. Exactly. Things. Exactly. But being so, a centurion, they're probably already gone. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you do, but you do truly live on, I think, in the memories and, and the people that you've, that you've reached and touched. And it's like, it, it really, once you experience that, you know, firsthand, you realize the value and that it's not just something you say to people when they lose someone. Like it's, there is, it's true. Like it's, those stories mean something and your life meant something as a result. So right. that's All cool. Right. All right. Well, Picking up the tone from there, Um, we uh, we also did come off of a week at the Hammers. Yeah, King of the Hammers. Yeah. So the last time we were at King of the Hammers, we were there with Rebel Off Road. We were just starting out. We We, were we were baby podcast. Was that like episode three or (laughs) four? That was like episode yeah two. Yeah, it was early. I don't know. It was like at the beginning. How was it out there? Was it good? Dude, it's always a show out there, right? The weather was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, the weather was amazing. the first, the first day, so with KC, we were out there shooting a brand video, like okay. a, a really big kind of like production, uh, kind of setting the tone for our 50th anniversary and, and doing, a, um, doing a fun, fun experience with our ambassador network, kind of including everyone. So we were out there, full production, uh, ready to go. We had like two amazing days of filming. Um, the weather was great. That first day on Tuesday was just cold as shit. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I was like dying. Like, yeah, that's was, right. I did hear someone complaining about the temperature and the wind. Yeah, we had a group of people that were actually going to camp out the night before. Yeah. And they ended up, <laughs> or they were going to camp out that night. And then uh, they called uh, They called Randy and they're like, hey, uh, so is there room in the cabin? Because we're realizing <laughs> we're all going to freeze to death. <laughs> well, last year there was a huge rainstorm that came through, I believe. And it was, uh, there was a big mud pile yeah. out there. So yeah. Yeah, so you you don't know what you're going to get, especially yeah. out in the desert. And that's true, I think. Uh, I, uh, the takeaway there is it's the California desert in the winter. Like, right. right. That's just that's that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Like that's you don't know what you're going to get. It could be 75 and gorgeous, it could be 30 and raining. It, it you don't know. It could snow. It could snow. 100 mile an hour winds. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it, yeah, the California desert 
Um, this time of year is no joke. It's and it's also not predictable. So despite what the weatherman may say, it's not likely to happen. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you were you were gone to uh, Grandma Thelma's yeah, uh, yeah funeral, but we were we had a cabin in Big Bear. That was kind of like base camp for us because uh, we were doing a majority of our filming out in Big Bear, and then. We intermix some of it with uh, Cougar Buttes, Cougar Butts. Yeah, Cougar yeah. Buttes. Um, and also Johnson Valley. And you guys did Gold, did you guys do Gold Mountain too? No, Gold Mountain we actually had done. Um, me and Randy went and scouted oh, okay. it. Got it. That's why you saw the photos like yeah, earlier okay. in the month or two, whatever. Um, but no, we actually did uh, John Bull is Got where it. we did the majority of our Big Bear filming. So we found a really bitchin' um, campsite, which anybody could go and, and camp at, granted, there's no established fire pits, so technically you cannot have a fire grant. Though you do see a lot of like charred remains, so people do have fires. Yeah, but yeah they frown on that up there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Big Bear yeah, is very sensitive to that. <laughs> you don't want that forest burning yeah. down. Um, but uh, but yeah, we were on the Hol like Holcomb. I want to say Holcomb Creek, Holcomb Canyon. There's we Holcomb were, Creek and Holcomb Valley. Holcomb Valley. Holcomb Valley yeah. Campground. That's mm -hmm. it. So Holcomb Valley Campground was on the other side of this uh, field, this prairie or whatever, this big like uh, kind of open space. Open space. Yeah. yeah. We were on the opposite side of that. I know exactly where you were. You know, it's a great camping. Dude, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. so beautiful. Like in that spot, yeah. and you're just kind of cradled by trees on one side, and mm -hmm. then you have this beautiful open area in front of you, and it's like gated off because it's like you know a preserve, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it was just gorgeous, and we got like the best shots out there. Oh, that's cool. So we did that, and then we went up to John Bull, where we had our crawling crew, uh, our buddy Adam. Yeah. Um, from up north, came down with like CJ, Ryan, the, the whole gang. And John Bull is one of those trails that you Jeep guys get all excited over. Oh yeah, huh? oh, you guys great. get all it's beautiful. Giddy. They call yeah. it the Mini Rubicon. Oh yeah. really? Yep. Yep. I mean, you get your little yeah. get your little Jeep badges and all that stuff Not, for that trail. John Bull, <laughs> yeah, John Bull's a Jeep badge. Uh, Gold Gold, Gold Mountain, Mountain. That's a Jeep badge. And then uh, what was the last one? There's a third. Trail also in the same area in the same oh, there's wow. three there's three trails that you can like knock out on one right. day holcomb creek to. holcomb creek probably. oh wow so anyways we we did john bolt we didn't do the we didn't do the whole thing uh we just needed to get the scene and we were kind of starting to push time so we got everybody on um we got somebody halfway up got our scene and then backed out and got it uh moved on and then the the following <clears throat> the following day we did a uh, we did a bunch of work with like UTVs and stuff out in uh, Johnson Valley. We also got the crawling guys out in Cougar Buttes where we got some like amazing, just like off camber, wheel up yeah. in the air, like crawling, like solid crawling stuff. So it was, it was a really great time. Nice. And then you joined us on Thursday. On Thursday. Yep. I drove out for the day. Um, and that was my plan right from, from the get go because I had to be, um, at work on Friday. So the goal was to, to at least try and get out there for a day since I already had, did you the, work the on off. Friday for real? Yeah. Oh, so you weren't even planning on spending the night, no, I wasn't no matter gonna, what, no, no matter what. And yeah. the reason why I say no matter what is cause we did end up, uh, dealing with some Cutting stuff. short. Yeah. And I, th I think by the time anyone hears this episode, you'll have, uh, if you follow us, you'll have already known yeah. what happened, but we're going to save kind of the, uh, the meat the the of the story. Yeah um for uh, a future episode soon um all i can say is that uh at this point yeah everyone kind of um some shit went down yeah some so yeah yeah i mean that's that's really what happened is some things went down um things that you don't want to see happen happened but which is you know it, it'll happen at some point right if you do this long enough and you're out in places like that enough at some point your luck's gonna run out or bad forces are going to kind of, you know, or just the dumbest happen. shit that you take for granted. Exactly. Yeah. At so, some point it's going to happen and it yeah. did. And, um, like, like all you said, we'll save that for, I think that's worthy of an episode. And I think it's best for the 
person and the people involved to tell the story, tell yeah. their story. Yeah. I mean, so, I guess, all right. In a nutshell, we had a rollover. Yeah. People got medevaced. Everyone, everyone came back that yeah. night. They're back, okay. Back they got to, released that yeah. night. Yeah. That night they came back to King of the Hammers. Uh, but it did put a stop to the. It did because at that point nobody knew what was yeah. what was happening, and no one knew their their condition. I didn't know the severity, so I had to cancel. Yeah. I had to cancel the rest of the shoot. Exactly. Um, and it was, you know, I mean, it was a lot of. It was a lot. It was really heavy. It was. It, it was, was really heavy. Yeah, it was a. It was one of those situations where it just kind of like scared. I wasn't gonna say shook. It did. It did both. It kind of shook everybody up a little bit because right. um, you see your friends laying on the ground, and you see a vehicle yeah. kind of twisted up, and. Um, you, you know, your immediate your mind starts to go right. Your mind yeah. starts to go places where is he bleeding internally? Like yeah. exactly, so. and it kind of it, it kind of woke everybody up a little bit, shook them up, and then it also kind of you know put everyone in a kind of a mood, right? So a, a definite a, mood, yeah, yeah a so, mood where it's like, hey, our last scene was supposed to be like a party where everyone yeah. gets together, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ain't nobody partying right yeah, now. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, no, and if you fake it, it's gonna look very fake, and right. it'll also feel very inappropriate. So, yeah. so. <laughs> So actually, um, this this episode that we're recording today is going yeah. to come out before our big one year. Yeah, because it comes out in it'll come out. Yeah, before yeah. March fourteenth. Yep. Um, yeah. So for those of you listening, we do, and if you if you listen to this before March fourteenth, uh, we do have a camp out coming um, in Joshua Tree. So uh, I would say get on Rig for Dirt or get on RFDLA or Keep the Jeep weekend. or Trucky McTruckface or yep. Weekend Off Road. Yep. You'll find information on this big campout that we're doing. Hey, Jason, you're invited too. Yes. Thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you come. Yeah. You can come overland with everybody. You can come overland, uh, Jason. I know how much you love that. Do yeah. I have to actually <laughs> put a tent on my car or can I fake it? No. Ground, tent, ground tenting is totally acceptable. Totally acceptable. Um, no, I mean, I'm going to park the RV down the street. Oh. <laughs> I'll wheel in my car. Nice. <laughs> Um, it'll be a good time. And I think uh, we're going to have like classes. We're going to have movies for the kids. Like, yeah. Very cool. Um, it'll be a good family kind of experience. Yeah. So, so. we have uh, Nicole M who just kicked off trail medic. She'll be doing, um, she's in EMT. She's done emergency services. She's a professional. She'll be doing the classes um, on that front. And then our good buddy Olaf, right. Um, who's also very experienced. has been doing this for decades. He's owned off-road um, parks. I think right. Well, it was called. Uh, uh, <laughs> hang on, you can put me on the spot. It's a. Uh, um, what was it called? It. God damn it! You put me on the spot. <laughs> it's all right. Area BFG. Yeah. Area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Area something. Yeah. BFE. Area BFE. Might have been something like that. We're butchering it. Sorry, Olaf. <laughs> Sorry, Olaf. <laughs> Sorry. You, right? That's not the point, though. The point <laughs> is, is that he's got a ton of experience, um, and he's going to kind of do a recovery slash. Um, what's that big giant red contraption it's that all lift. overlanders have stuck to their vehicle? Either people are scared right? of or they love. It's a badge right? of honor. I think it's a badge of honor. It's a badge of honor. It's a to have it. Exactly. So I think we're actually going to find out um, what that is actually for and how to actually use it. Oh, and more importantly, because most of us have them bolted to the exterior of our vehicles, how to maintain them right. so that when you need them, you can use they them. They actually work. They actually work and <laughs> hey, don't take and off your head or your fingers. It, it is called Area BFE. It, was one, BFE. Of the, it was one of the more famous spots out in uh, the Utah I think area. it's still there, and isn't it? Well, yeah, I think somebody else took, somebody over, else took, took it over. Somebody else took it over, right? Yeah, but he, Olaf kind of sold it. and Right. And, but yeah, Olaf's OG. He's OG. <laughs> Olaf is the real deal. There's a reason why his um, his his name his initials are Overland as fuck. Yeah, no shit. That's right. He's like one of the OG <laughs> Overland guys. Yeah, that for dude sure. Is OG as f. So <laughs> um, we've been talking about getting him on the show. We should for, like since we started, and we will. We will for yeah. sure get him on the show. Yeah. But for now, so you've pretty much so caught up. He's doing that class, and then also we're gonna have uh, Dead Men Off Road out there. That's right. Dead Men Off Road. We're gonna do a clinic on that. Yep. 
Uh, we're gonna do Stop the Bleed with John, and he's got a uh, with Trail Medic. Yep. Like so, it's gonna be a really good learning experience, and especially after the week we just had. Yeah. Um, all I'm, that much more critical. Dude, I'm I'm realizing how important it is for everyone to have like basic trauma like attend like care. Like, yep. And that's training. one of the reasons why we started doing the classes at um, RFDOC right. and moving those over also to We kind of stopped that. We should we should definitely we should do that again, keep yeah. up on it. Yeah. I had actually somebody ask me about it yesterday if we were gonna do that. Um, because I've always said like a you know a prepared community, a smarter community is yeah. it's it's just better for everybody. There is a win win all the time and having someone in your group that has at least some sense of what to do is better than not having anyone. Dude, so we're going to beat this horse. And so just prepare yourself for the next <laughs> few episodes. But the reality is, is the shit that you guys take for granted. Uh, the fact that we're in these big ass Jeeps or Toyotas or whatever the hell right. you're in and they feel really massive and they feel really safe. And we go wheeling with each other. We go on these trips with each other and nothing. And we usually, egg each other on in times. Dude, usually right? nothing ever happens, right? right? Like we'll break shit. We'll break axles. We'll break stuff. We'll get hung up. We might even roll over on our sides, but nothing usually happens to us. Right. In, like as well, a, Everything's our, fine until it's not fine. Our flesh exactly, sacks, yeah. That's exactly it. But, that's exactly it. But we are sacks of flesh in these things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're going 100 yards or 100 feet, like, have your fucking seatbelt on. Yeah. I've and seen very bad a, stuff happen without seatbelts. Dude, very yes. bad stuff. I'm not trying to be critical, and I'm not trying to criticize, especially given, like, how much shit people, other people are dealing with. But they'll tell you the same thing. Even, yeah. even our buddies who, like, went through what they went through this week, they'll say the same thing. Yep. Wear your fucking seatbelt. Yeah. There's Straight up. Can't stress that enough. Yeah. <laughs> it only works. The seatbelt only works when you're wearing it. God damn it. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck. So, um, so that pretty much, uh, I mean, well, like, like we said, we'll talk about that in more detail, um, in another episode with, uh, with the guys involved. Um, but that pretty much brings us, I guess, to where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So we are, we are now at DeMello off road and, um, this is my first official, I think you and I have met before, but this yeah. is really the, the most time we've probably ever spent together. Yeah, I think we probably traded beers or something. Probably. That, that, was that probably, sounds yeah. like me. I don't remember me. much yeah. of it. I'm sure you don't either, but I'm sure at some point I remember that name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, yeah, you got your start in, uh, Tacoma's. Yes. Uh, started. I don't want to do math right now, but uh, almost 99? about 20 years ago, yeah. about 20 years ago, I started, I had a, a 99 Tacoma. I got 98 and there wasn't a whole lot available for it. So um, with some help of friends and their, and their garages and their dad's shops, and I slowly started making stuff. And back then there was nothing available. So we'd go on runs. The uh, TTORA club was brand new back then. Uh, it was the newest thing for Toyotas. And, um, went on runs and people would saw what I made and they wanted it for their own trucks and got asked quite a bit to make stuff for a while and, um, eventually gave in. And I think I built, uh, uh, officially out of my apartment garage. Wow. I want to say it was like, uh, 2003 that I, I, I built my own stuff for myself without no one's help in my garage and promptly got kicked out of that garage. It was an apartment complex. Yeah. It was You're a like, nice apartment complex. <laughs> and I, you probably didn't like the welder going off. And well, I literally had <laughs> the, the welder plugged into where the remote uh, door opener was plugged in. Oh, man. <laughs> it was a 110 welder, and I built those sliders in the ground of that garage. It was three sets. And uh, I don't know where those sliders are at anymore, but uh, they're out there somewhere. That'd be cool to find those things, huh? I'd love to. Well, the yeah. original set was on my own car. Because the ones that I had made, I cut off and put these ones back on there because this is my first official set. Yeah. And uh, those I know got thrown away at some point. I remember throwing those away. 
but uh, there's two other sets out there that I'm not sure where they're at. They're welded so to some you're Tacoma somewhere. By chance, or you come across an old Tacoma with some sliders, <laughs> the mellow on them. Right. I'd really like to have my original welder. I'd really like to have that just as kind of something to put on the Memento, wall. Memento, right? Yeah, it was a little 110 Hobart welder. I remember yeah. what I paid for. It was like 350 bucks. I think I bought it online, and it was uh, wow. Yeah, and I and I at some point it it, it walked out of our shop. I'm not sure where it went. Oh, bummer. But, uh, did you uh, learn how to weld with that? Um, I can safely now say that, yeah, pretty much the first time that I started <laughs> welding, I made my own sliders because prior to that, I had done some welding, but it was nothing that I would really talk about. Um, and it was a, a, an offhand comment on the forum one day. Um, someone had saw, um, actually, guy's a friend of mine still. Uh, he, uh, he had saw how bad the welds looked and commented on, on that online. I took offense to that, but sure. I, I took offense to that and I immediately said to myself, okay, well, I don't want to be known as that guy. Yeah. So I'm gonna do better. I learned how to do better. Nice. And, I, and I, and now I'm proud to say that we're, we're known for doing good, clean welds on our stuff. We really focus on that. Um, it's common knowledge around here when we hire a new welder or hire a welder that we, we don't even talk to them as an applicant until we have their weld test. And oh, wow. honestly, it takes probably at least 20 guys to come through here and we we go through weld tests we we put a block of steel together that's a bunch yeah. of different tubes and different angles they're gonna have to weld right and we say weld it up and it doesn't mean they're gonna weld it perfectly we've very rarely have had someone weld it perfectly they're not used to the machine they're a little out of practice but you know what you're looking for yeah whatever the excuse is but if they can stay within the lines and they are doing the right we can coach them past that as and long as they have the kind of you see fundamental skills that are that are sound right you right. can you can add the little bit extra to that yeah so we we we're known for having you know clean good quality welds and we 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 pride ourselves now like we want to make sure that things look good because we've seen enough garbage out there that we don't want to be those guys yeah i kind of so, feel like as a fabricator you know that's that's kind of that's kind of like the bright that's who you are right is, yeah. is, is you're as good as your welds i think yeah. is like that's kind of your stamp yeah, yeah of honor right there and it's saying. not easy to find that like, yeah we, we have to go through quite a bit of guys and and you know the, the most common answer we get from friends or family is we'll just pay more you'll get better people that's not necessarily <laughs> true <laughs> honestly right. the best welders that we've found have been the guys that asked for the least yeah the most um, humble guys yeah, probably yeah they, they and i'm like i'll pay you more than that if you yeah. stick around and, the, and they're happy to stay so yeah, that's awesome um the highest price ones are always the worst really always <laughs> Maybe Take that you, for what's worth, folks. The ego, the ego <laughs> plays too much of a part rather than the craftsmanship. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm sorry, what was that? So the ego plays too much of a part rather than the craftsmanship. Yeah, a lot of it is um, there's different kinds of welding out there. And you get some people that uh, uh, they start off in a different industry, but they want to be in this industry. They think this Got is it. all fun and games. Right. Like they, they see, oh, off-road. They, this they think the so glamorous funny. side of it, right? Yeah. yeah. I always tell people, like, look it's it's a fun job but it's still a job like you're gonna get old it's you're gonna get tired of this stuff so you gotta you know don't just jump into this because you think right. it's gonna be the you know the best thing um it's fun and it's cool to do stuff some of the stuff but like you have to understand like you're not going to start off making 80 dollars an hour welding tubes together right that's just not practical <laughs> right right, right. so, so you, just to set the kind of scene is we are sitting in the middle of your uh your shop yeah, we're in a sea of bumpers right now. Dude, yeah, literally, like we bumpers are surrounding us. So many bumpers. Like so many business happy is customers. Good. 
Um, it's busy. We, you, you got to remember that uh, in our industry, um, these are not China built bumpers. We're right. not, we don't have thousands of them sitting around. You can see we're in a fairly small shop. So um, we have, we have lead times. All yeah. of us in this industry has lead times. And uh, a lot of these are from the Black Friday through Christmas sales. Oh, wow. And oh, really? So yeah, some of these, they're, a lot of them are complete. We've been shipping out like nonstop. Yeah. And, and, so cool. And it's, it's, we're, we're a little behind, <laughs> but uh, we're catching up we just got some new help in here today what are we looking at here like what are these right in front of us um mostly these are tacomas okay um, starting over here with the powder coated ones um there's a foreigner in front like the one out front on my foreigner yeah and then you have uh 2012 15 tacomas through here and then you jump into the third gen tacomas down here and then we're back into tacomas over there and foreigners wow. and then the pallets are uh older foreigners um the older foreigners for whatever reason recently have been really hot because like, people are probably buying them knowing they can yeah. beat on them, right? And yeah. We, we try to forecast. Like, I try to go, okay, well, look. Like, here's a perfect example of how I don't forecast very well. <laughs> so, last year, or was it last year or the year before that, The we, we did some bumpers for that movie, um, uh, Black Panther. Mm. And that's no right. Kidding? I remember yeah. that was a big deal. Yeah, that was a huge all deal. All the forerunners. Yeah. And then there was a photo of all Wait, of them after the movie. Talk about this. Sitting yeah. in a lot. Yeah, and they had all the bumpers mm -hmm. were sitting in the lot, and all the forerunners were there. So yeah, that's a it was awesome. So what what was the scene like? I'm so trying to do you remember the movie Black Panther? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a chase scene. Yeah, right where they're the they're bad driving guys. through the streets. The bad guys yeah. are all driving black forerunners. There's like three or oh, four. Were those? Yeah. Believe. Okay. Yeah, the bad guys. And those were, were all your bumpers. Yeah. So no there, shit. there's days. I it, there's definitely days where you you uh, you kind of mark those in your mind like that was a good day. That was like, cool. Yeah. So <laughs> how that kind of went down is another shop um, called us, and I'm not trying to leave the name. I really honestly don't remember the name of the company, but they <laughs> called us and they have some connections in Hollywood, and they apparently the the producers or whoever does that work came to them and said we need bumpers for these vehicles. Um, Toyota was obviously a sponsor in that movie, and right. this company. Uh, came to us, they had bought stuff from us before, and they said, we need uh, X amount of bumpers. And I wanna say the original amount was 12. Yeah, I think right, right. off the bat. And they said, we need those like yesterday. I think that's so, how many were in that lot too, was, was, was yeah. about 12. Well, they ended up getting 20 something. Oh, really? Total. Yeah, they came wow. back a little more. But they, because um, they wrecked a couple of those vehicles, yeah, quite a few actually. And so they, uh, they said, we need them like yesterday. Not wanting to miss an opportunity, we we jumped through some hoops to make it happen. Um, our lead fabricator, Sai, he's amazing. He does like most of our nudist stuff, all our design stuff like that. Just he's been with us since he started sweeping the floors ten years ago. No kidding. Yeah, and he's 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 easy to work with because yeah. I can say, hey, look, we're going to do this new bumper. I want this and this, and we usually see eye to eye on all right. the design stuff. So it makes it easy for me. Um, with that particular thing there, um, I said we need all these done, and we need them done like yesterday. He busted his ass and got them all done wow we got those Shit. delivered and we we knew they were going for a marvel movie that's all we were really told that's so cool though we know really that cool. yeah and i'm like marvel movie like we're in yeah exactly <laughs> so um when that happened i uh i did some digging i found out the time frame and i'm like i bet you it's for black panther because i yeah, knew the time frame right. what was coming out and so i talked to the shop that was doing them he couldn't really give us inf information and I said, and we've done stuff before. We've 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 loaned our vehicle to uh, the Modern Family. Is it Modern Family? Modern, the one, yeah, yeah. We did that with our Tundra, and we've done some other smaller things too. Um, so I kind of know how some of that stuff works. And I know they needed a release to leave our logo on the bumper because back then we only offered the the Do logo. We now offer a light bar version as well. Got it. But um, I asked that company, I'm like, do we need to sign a release, or should I just shut my mouth and you know be happy they're putting them in the movie at all? He's like, just let it go. I'm like, okay. Not a problem. I can read between the lines. Yeah. And then when it came out, they didn't 
they didn't physically remove the logo. They digitized it out. Oh, really? So the first thing I caught, but I didn't care. Every person that saw that knew it was our It was new, yeah. So um, the day that movie came out, I took the entire, we shut down, took the entire shop to the theater to watch it. (laughs) That's so rad. So it was pretty cool. So there's a a couple of those moments like that where you're like, wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. And so back to the original point of trying to forecast. So when that came out, I'm like, oh, I'm going to think ahead. I'm going to get extra bumpers ordered. Yeah, because it's going to be a hot bumper, right? You know, at the very least, I thought I would get some attention. I didn't think we were going to sell 100 of them, but, you know, maybe we'll have a few extra that month sell. Sure. So I bought a bunch of extra bumpers didn't sell <laughs> so <laughs> learn my lesson there but you really can't put a, like a finger on what's going to sell that month it just yeah unless you're like super in touch with everything you see everything coming down the pipe it's really difficult yeah like this last year for whatever reason towards the end of the year i mean october november december for whatever reason the 03 to 09 th- uh, fourth gen foreigners bumpers have been fly off the shelf that's crazy more so than all the other ones uh sales are generally up a little bit across the board but yeah those definitely ca- caught me off guard i'm like did something happen that i don't know about because right. like, all of a sudden those are those are selling some crazy. influencer out there is getting traction or something's happening yeah, yeah. something's and that's hard to follow too yeah. it is super hard to follow because yeah, you know who's hot person this month that's out there you know taking pictures with their truck and you know bending sure. over showing too much cleavage Who, who's that person <laughs> sure. they need stuff on their truck from us so right <laughs> You know what's interesting about the the whole Hollywood deal that you did, <clears throat> thinking, oh, we're gonna fucking sell these things like hotcakes, right? Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is like when those opportunities come up, from my own experience in marketing, is it's kind of on you mm-hmm. to like be the megaphone of what's happening, because otherwise, like you know, it's your bumper, and there's some select people that know it's your bumper, but the average person who you want to come find you buy your bumper don't know it's your bumper right. in that movie, right? And <clears throat> to that point. It would have been good to have your logo on there, but since it wasn't, then it's on you, right? You have to be like, dude, we're a fucking Black Panther. Like, mm-hmm. check this out. Check out our bumper right here. Here's oh, a we screenshot. Did. Yeah, <laughs> we I know. definitely did I that. Know. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, but but it's it's you. It's like it's, it's more work it, on you. It's yeah, more work on you. And for sure, you know, it's almost like you think, fuck, this thing's like this massive movie. Millions of people are gonna see it. Like, and done people deal. and people make the assumption too that it's like easy. That just because X product is in the movie it's automatically going to just like go, well, it, go bananas. And it's, and it's, it's like, that. And it's even some influencers who are like, Oh, my following is like X, Y, Z. And like, you should <laughs> give me free shit. And it's like, if they're not proactively promoting your product or if they don't have that kind of like ethic to where they're promoting their people that they, they work with, they work with, yeah. or like giving them stuff, like they're a lost cause. They're, mm. they're going to, they're going to grow, but you may not see anything. You may not grow with them. They may not take you with them necessarily. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. There's, there's definitely some of that happening. Well, the, I mean, I catch, sorry, I was go just going to say, ahead. I catch myself sometimes going, fuck, I haven't talked about so-and-so right. in like a month, maybe. I look at a lot of that stuff too, though. Uh, I look at it differently as far as like all advertising is good. Like, yeah, I don't care if it's going on Joe Schmo's truck back east that no one's ever going to see for, except for that one time that he goes to a parking lot and a guy sure. walks by and sees it and calls us the next day and orders something. Like, all of it's good. So, to me, it's it, you got to like look at the 1985 Toyota truck, which in Back to the Future right. arguably sold a lot of us on that vehicle. Totally. Right. Do you think the next day like that KC everyone bought that yeah. truck? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But it built over time. And over exactly. time, people that just became recognized as that's what I want. I mean, yeah. We were all kids when that came out. It's that and brand now, equity, right? Dude, yeah. One yeah. of the partners at KC, uh, Alan's brother, Andy, yeah. uh, who I work with, he bought a black Tacoma because of Back to the Future. A lot and, of guys did. Uh, yeah. I did too. Right? Did you yeah. really? Yeah. My first no, Tacoma sure. was black. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that it, it's building on that stuff. And it's also, you know, there's not a bad thing. The problem now for us as a business owner is, 
it's not one, two, three, or four people asking for stuff. It's a sure. mountain of people. Right, and it's right. very difficult to wade through that. Um, from our standpoint, I talked to a lot of business owners. I talked to a lot of guys in this industry, Mob Town Off-Road. I talked to Chris over at Hefty Fab, and a yeah. lot of us have this discussion on a regular basis, like how do you weed them out? Some of us are hardline. Some of us are like, this is a discount, period, the end, nothing else. Right. Some of us are like me, where we're just kind of like, ah, we're kind of feeling our way through it, because mm-hmm. we don't want to say no to that right person, and we don't want to say yes to the wrong person. So it's, it's a very difficult thing to like navigate that now. It used to be easy. Um, now it's, it's, it's way harder. So you, and you don't want to burn anybody, but from our standpoint, loyalty is number one. Like yeah. if I have a guy that come, came to me 10 years ago and we help, we gave him a discount as FJ, or maybe he just built it normally and just a regular customer. And he came back to us again. And this time he's more into the Instagram and he's showing up and I've already noticed him and he's coming back to us first and giving us that first opportunity to, to help him out. And he doesn't even ask for a discount. That's the guy that we're more likely to help out because that guy's loyal. He's coming back over totally. and over. That's, that's, that's kind of a rarity, but that's what the yeah. only thing we can really look at. I also talked to, you know, big suspension companies and, and they get burned a lot. I mean, they, I they give out a lot of stuff. I bet. And like Icon, Icon gives out like $9,000 worth of shit like on somebody who's sponsored. Like, that's oh, yeah. A, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to throw numbers down for them, but yeah, yeah they, definitely, they definitely do a lot of good stuff. I'm just for saying, if they're going to support somebody, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money that, yeah. that they're in for on a single person. Yeah. It is. And, and it's, it's frustrating because people probably assume we don't see, we don't notice. We all talk, we all see it. Yes. You know, when that guy going to SEMA with his brand new F250 calls up suspension company and says, hey, I want your best stuff, I'm going to promote you, and puts on a good song and dance and they kick down everything. Yeah. And then a month after SEMA, that stuff's on offer up or that truck's on offer that truck, up. Yeah. yeah. The truck's yeah. being sold. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a common it's thing. Being it happened out. to us a couple times. We, wow. we did a SEMA build for a company that's no longer around for a Tundra. We, we had it in here. We did all this extra work for it. Candy coated the, the parts. Oh wow. All because it's going to be at SEMA. Um, honestly, it burned us really bad in the sense of, uh, I don't put a lot of weight on SEMA projects anymore. I'll do them. I, I, I like SEMA. It's a good. It's a good show, but I, I don't see the return. It gets from it. leveraged a lot. It gets for leveraged this kind of way stuff, too much. Right? Yeah. And honestly, most people that see stuff there are in the industry already. They, yeah. they probably know who you are. If they don't know who you are, they're probably not that good at what they do. Right. Like, they're they not go, your customer anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So SEMA stuff, I've I've definitely cut back on getting excited yep. about it. And we've done some decent builds for SEMA trucks in big booths and been talked into it, and then it then it shows up, and I have zero to people come it. back to me and, yeah. and say, Hey, I saw your structure right. or this is why I'm buying it for. I get way more response from, um, you know, Hey, I saw a trucky big truck face at this <laughs> show and he had your sliders. He told me to come hit you up and yeah. you know, take care of me. That those are the kind of people that we generally get better feedback. Yeah. From you know, you results. know why it's because people like Frank or myself, we have one rig that mm-hmm. we're focused on. And a lot of and those we keep guys, it. yeah, and we, we use keep it. it. And there's those guys who do the SEMA builds and they do multiple builds and you know, there's some people who do a good job like Romer. They do right. multiple builds, but they use multiple builds. So like there's a lot of attention, but other people like they'll, they'll have multiple builds. They'll sell them, like you said, and they won't, they won't take them out. They're not at the grocery store with them. Like mm-hmm. as funny as it said, they're not at the mall. Right. With right. Their, with right. Their crawling, they're, right. Exactly. Um, they're not in the normal places where people see like, you know, my Jeep, when I did it, I was driving it for a year plus like a year and a half straight on the road every day to totally. and from work. Totally. The FJ is my daily driver. I right. drive thing every day and I get people, I get, you know, every day is a car show. People, yeah. I get people yeah. thumbs up and you know, seeing this and I get people I, <laughs> of all things, the Pac-Man, I get little kids pointing at my Pac-Man lights nice. all the time, <laughs> all the time. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But I, drive, I mean, 
They're daily drivers. Yeah, I drive mine daily, and yeah. occasionally my better half she takes us to work, and she's a teacher in yep. Orange County. That's awesome. And she'll <laughs> she'll come home, and she'll be like, "Oh my god, I was driving down the freeway, and these kids were pointing. I thought something was wrong, and then I realized I'm driving your car, and they're just <laughs> they're just pointing, pointing <laughs> you know, thumbs excited. up and stuff. And <laughs> That's so rad. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like you know, working with KC now, and I get bombarded with people sure. saying like, "I want to work with you," and you know, sometimes it's those like heart wrenching kind of things where it's like, "Yeah, my dad always wanted to build this thing, and we finally are doing it, and we're going to go, and like we're going to do some shows." I'm like, "But no one knows like who you are," and it's like, "What do I do?" Okay, like here's a discount, right? Right. Like, not that I'm saying anyone gets it, but like. You do. You have to wade through it. You have to kind of like take it on a case by case. But then there's so many. And sometimes like you have to do your day to day work, too. So oh, yeah. And it's yeah. you really have time to even read through those emails. So right. It's, it's the challenge it's that every company has. I mean, even us at Shimano, right? At the end of the day, any business has a finite number of marketing dollars. Yep. Right. You can't you obviously cannot give away everything. Right. So you have a finite number that you've budgeted for your either it's sponsorships or marketing activations or whatnot. And, you know, the fact of the matter is like anything finite, not everyone's going to get a piece. And so you've got to decide who that, who's that, who is going to get, you know, some of those pieces of that pie. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that people don't get, don't take it personal when they get a no or they oh, get yeah, a discount 100%. code because sometimes they do, right. They feel like they're not worthy. And it's just a matter of like, it's not that you're not worthy or that your project isn't worthy. It's just, you know, man, it's, it's you and a thousand others well, and it's yeah. gotta be distributed as best as the business. Yeah. Fit. And you know, what's funny is like, they are the market. Yeah. They're the people we're making the products for. Right. Yeah. So for if them you're not to say, buying it. <laughs> well, for them to say like, hey, I'm going to do this race. It's like, yeah, we make our products for racers. Right. Like, right. that's who we're selling to. So right. like you are who we are selling to. And I know you're doing that a race. Too, exactly. But like you're the guy that we're that's, trying to get. That's products. why we make this race yeah. light is so that you could buy it and race. Yeah. So yeah. And I imagine <laughs> you probably have the same thing. Well, I have a similar experience with OMF. Love their products. They make the B-lock wheels that, that custom make them onto your factory wheels. And oh, stuff. Wow. And, and I don't, I don't like asking for anything for a discount. I mean, we're a shop. If someone offers it, I'll be glad to take it. I'm not rich. Uh, I, I appreciate any discount at all I can get. And they're one of the few shops when the first time I talked to them, they, they, they take care of us. But at the same time, like, where else are you going to go? Like they're, they're pretty much the only game in town that does that for the most yeah. part. So if you want your stuff to look like that, that's what it is. And they've kind of modeled around that. And they, I think they do a pretty good job with it because, you know, they definitely help us out. But it's, whereas other companies, they're not the only game in town. You know, right. uh, you can, you, everyone will give you lights and give you, the, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that loud. They, they won't give you lights. <laughs> You're getting you a good nothing discount. from me. <laughs> they'll give you a good discount lights. Um, oh, if they're China lights, and they'll just throw them at you. Right. <laughs> but uh, uh, good quality lights are, are a little harder to come by. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to with that, I think they're literally the only game in town. So right. it's, it's, it's it, is that what you have right now? My OMF, yeah. That, those things yeah. look cool, man. I was we, looking at the, the TRD wheel with the beadlock on there. That's kind OMF of OMF does the conversions, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a thing we started years ago. Uh, so my, again, my first Tacoma that I built, um, I didn't have factory wheels, but I had a, like a, a basic aftermarket that, that aluminum looking wheel with the yeah. holes in it that everyone had back in the nineties and early two thousands that faded after the first two years. So I got a set of those and I put some really fancy beadlocks on them. It just makes the vehicle pop. In yeah, my it does. Yeah. And we're trying to sell our products, but we're also trying to sell the vehicle. Like as far as like the look of it, like, the kind of like the, the inspiration, the right? Exactly. Yeah. Like inspire people to do things with their yeah. vehicles and, and build you, them out. You want something just out of the reach of what people 
can attain, but yet still obtainable. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. So like on that, I've, I've supercharged almost every vehicle that we've, that we've built for the shop oh, really? for, yeah, for ourselves, buddy. except for the current one. I haven't supercharged that one, but most of them get supercharged, not because that's, that's common or something that everyone needs, but it's because it's, it, it gives that little bit of wow factor. It the raises the me, profile. Yeah, it, it does. It absolutely does. The yeah. wheels to me are in the same, they're in the same level. And I started with OMF on that original Tacoma and we've pretty much done all of our shop builds with them. And usually it's factory wheels. Sometimes we'll use like recently been using icon wheels with, with the custom B locks yeah. and it just makes it just a little further than most people want to spend it's that little extra touch. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and we do sell a couple of those a year and we really, we push more of them just to go to OMF direct. Cause there's, I mean, it's, it's not a cheap option, but yeah. it's, it's definitely a cool option. And you know, for some people it's like, Oh, that's, that's all it costs. And for other people it's like, Oh my God, oh my gosh, that's yeah. twice the cost of regular <laughs> wheel. And I'm like, well, if you want to be different, it's there's a lot costs. of work involved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. And, yeah. and they're again, American made company. They're just down the street from us. So American made is not cheap. Yeah. Just bottom line. <laughs> so one of the things that I see you talk about a lot, and I'm going to pivot a little bit in the conversation and get a little technical, um, is, um, we talk, you talk a lot about the kind of structure of your bumpers and kind of what sets you guys apart. Right. Um, and I think that's worth talking about because I think, um, there's a lot of competition out there in the bumper space or armor space. Um, and not necessarily to kind of say that you're the best, although personally, I think you are. <laughs> um, but it's more so because I think there's also, um, like you said, just like you have the problem with Chinese lights, right? There's also a lot of bumpers that uh, you can find on eBay and you can find in other places that maybe don't go through um, the stringent uh, manufacturing processes, right? That aren't, right. Um, you know, that are, you, you can get a crazy deal on, but what are you really kind of putting on your vehicle? And also at the end of the day, it's not just armor, it's not just a bumper, there's, this is the thing that's between you and the person in front of you or you and the rock in front of you, right? right? So you want to be considerate of what you're bolting to your vehicle right? Well, what's in that regard. What's kind of cool is we had a conversation before we started the podcast. Exactly. And like I said, we are in a sea of bumpers here, like in, in uh, Jason's shop. Yeah, don't move. You might trip over them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm looking at it like literally right now and I'm seeing like, you know, it's very intricate and it's very technical. And like the subframe of these bumpers like involve different like widths and many different pieces that kind of interlock together. And it's like, and I told Jason, I'm like, there's an easier way of doing this, right? Like to where you could just attach this bumper to the frame and be done with it. Yeah, but right. it's not just plates welded together. There's no, a lot there's more like going a, on back like a, here. There's like a, like a trellis. Like, like a truss, yeah, yeah. There's like a support system in the back. Right. Well, so there's a couple of things at work here. So we, we st when we started off doing uh, plate bumpers, uh, I should say back up even further. When we started off doing Toyota products, there was literally probably three to four shops that did late model Toyota trucks and SUVs back then. And we were all a little disorganized. We were all a little young. We were all a little, you know, ambitious with this stuff. And when we started back then, it was pretty simple to make a product. It just had to be adequate for everyone. Um, most people were very savvy with things like, for example, when we first started off, it was common to weld your sliders on. Uh, I haven't sold a set of weld-on sliders in, in years. Yeah, uh, everything's bolt-on now. People um, weld them on, like oh yeah, that oh, was yeah. commonplace. Yeah, it was expected actually. Like the uh, actual I, crawling guys, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. that's all that really bought our stuff was yeah. crawlers. Got it. And um, so when plate bumpers started to take hold, and and plate bumpers for us, um, we did our first plate bumper. I built the first plate bumper, and it was I'll be honest, it was horrible. We <laughs> we had a customer come to us in '03, I believe, when the fourth gen Forerunner came out. He had a fourth gen Forerunner, and he was the only guy out there modifying it. 
And for those who don't know, the fourth gens are the little hidden jewel along with the GXs now. Right. Um, they're a, they have a V8 powered Forerunner. Right. Nice little small V8, yep. same one they available in the early Tundras. Um, just a great little package yeah. of a car. And um, uh, this guy recognized it right, right off the showroom floor. He bought it, brought it to us. Sliders was not a big deal. Um, put sliders on it. I built my first plate bumper, which came out horrible. Um, built a rear plate bumper, came out horrible. And I'll be honest, by those standards back then, it was even bad. But uh, by today, I, I, if, I, if it walked in my shop today, I'd burn it and I'd offer a free one. Fire. <laughs> I don't want that out there with my name on it. Um, so back then, it was easy, though. Those were passable. Um, yeah. And then the FJ came out. The FJ helped elevate all of us, I think. Uh, and I don't think anyone can argue it doesn't. Um, it brought a whole new mass amount of people into the Toyota market that were ready to, to buy whatever was available. And so we did it again. We came out with the plate bumper. This time, slowed down a little bit. I thought it through a little bit. And it came out pretty good. That first generation uh, FJ bumper, actually the very first one got raffled off at a casino no uh, the, with, with the FJ. Oh, no kidding. And I, I've seen it since then. So the FJ got actually raffled off or it was some kind sort of contest. We did yeah. sliders and uh, the bumper. Was it one of those vehicles in the middle of the slot machines they had like, like up there? Like, yeah. I never saw <laughs> it lazy at, Susan. The, at the place. I want to say it was... Uh, I put a dollar in and I got a car. Right. I put a dollar in and I got a car. <laughs> I think it was raffled off there, but I think it was actually part of a, some sort of association. I oh, can't okay. remember the deal. Got it. But um, yeah, it was... Uh, we, we built the bumper off that truck. Um, <laughs> and I remember when our shop bought our very first FJ and I'm like, well, hopefully I can at least sell one set of sliders a month so I can cover the, the car payment on this thing. And uh, the FJ market blew up. So we went with that bumper for a long time. And then uh, it wasn't until 2012 um, that we got a, uh, a Tundra in here and we started building it. And at this point we already had the FJ bumper, plate bumper, which was built very similar to all the other ones out there now with the you know the quarter inch plate on the inside, eighth inch on the outside, quarter inch mounting points for the for the winch. Very basic. Honestly, someone with a steady hand and a good welder could build one in their garage. And I recognized right then that I'm like, okay, if any guy in this garage can build this, we're very limited. Mm. Um, right. we're, we're gonna It's only a matter of time before that exactly, does start happening. Exactly. Yeah. And when we started out, it was three to four people doing this stuff. Now it's over twenty, I believe. Some guy yeah. in China's like, I can do it. Yeah. yeah. So when the, t the Tundra came out, it presented a problem for us. By far, it was the widest bumper we had done to date. And I'm not a big fan of putting a ton of weight on the front of the truck. Yeah. The simple way mm. to achieve a strong bumper is to do a really thick skin. 316s. I've even seen some at quarter inch. That's yeah. strong. It's a big box. It's strong. Yeah. But it's not the smartest way of doing stuff. So with that bumper there, with the help of our laser cutter, um, they have a really good design guy over there. He helped us work out the in internals of that bumper. And we put in all this reinforcement. We, we tried to make it as light as possible. Um, on top of that, we we kept it light by taking material out where it wasn't needed. Um, our shackles are half inch thick on steel bumpers and one inch on aluminum. And they go through the entire top of the bumper to the bottom. They attach to the attaching points that bolt to the frame. Um, and they go through the bumper and those are your shackles. So when you're pulling from that, you're pulling from the entire bumper, not oh, just wow. the, the front yeah. skin. Not just the plate. No, that's, no, that's, that's you're pulling from on. the whole bumper. Oh, that's cool. Not only that, but when we redesigned, we, we started with the Tundra. We eventually did all of them. We started over, even the FJ. It's so all, that one influenced the kind of like the the version two yeah, of all the other yeah. bumpers. So it we was, basically went back and there's been a couple of versions on some of these. Um, we just, we don't like to, if we see a way to improve it, like let's improve it. For sure. We just did one last year where we, we, we slotted the holes for the, 
for the winch solenoid. For years, we didn't have mounts for winch solenoids, and it sounds so simple, but winch companies were notorious for changing those mounting points. Sure, sure. So we finally came up with our own system that we think is pretty good now, um, and we changed that. We just recently added to our foreigners and the GX cars because those seem to be the most common body lift trucks. They, they will put a one inch or two inch on there. All the bumpers now you can actually work with or without a body lift. Oh, really? Those have to be made custom. Like that, you, that bumper right there with the multiple holes, that's so you can go up or down two inches. So oh, it just cool. makes things easier for the customer. But all the metal thicknesses that are on there, we keep the weight as far back as possible for a reason. The skin is eighth inch thick. The whole skin of the bumper is eighth inch, but the internal structure is either anywhere from half inch, quarter inch, and three sixteenths, depending on where it's needed. Got it. Um, on top of that, everything is locked together. And that's everything all the weight is, and all the bulk being built that's mounted to the frame yeah, behind the grill, under exactly. the grill, essentially. As close as possible. Yeah. Just imagine the opposite of that. Now imagine that whole thing was just all three sixteenths, and then that means that whole outside skin is three sixteenths. So it may come close to weighing the same, but it's all out in front. It's, and you're adding all that leverage back. to the front of the vehicle, Correct. and it's just it, you, it's affecting performance at that point. It's exactly. affecting a lot of stuff. Yeah. It also keeps the car as far as you know. It it, it keeps it more. It keeps the strength where it needs to be, and doesn't doesn't need to be in certain exactly. places. I I'm personally I'm not a fan of a heavy vehicle. I like to keep things high, tucked away, and light as possible. Um, that's why I felt like aluminum was the way of the future for bumpers. Now, yeah. it is for some people, but it isn't for other people. I feel like that's changing. Like even in the Jeep guys, like I feel like well, yeah, I feel like a, I feel like a lot of the Jeep guys are starting to realize now the the weight penalty of all the steel fenders, the steel bumpers, the steel well, you tire. You know why? It's because everyone's breaking shit. Yeah. yeah. So, we've got these these Jeeps are already heavy as f like right. already. And then you're adding They're steel. They're way over GBW, right? Dude, way yeah, over. Yeah, way over. Then you're adding steel. Then you're adding like, you know, tires and wheels, uh, tires, cab- cabinetry, wheels. you're adding tires and wheels, big yep. ass tires and wheels. Yeah. Then you're adding a rooftop tent. Then you're adding your awning. Don't forget the rack and the refrigerator right? and the your water winch, and the fuel. Your fridge, mm-hmm. all the fucking shit you take with you on these trips. Right. Like, bro, like you're, you know, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to one of my uh, partners, Rip, and they've got a JK and we were talking about like load and, you know, tuning and how I feel like she needs a little bit more. Some she feels like she's lagging, and he's like, "Well, how much do you weigh?" I'm like, "Dude, I think we Ooh. kind of, I think we kind of estimated like she's like at 6,900 or yeah. whatever it was." That's that what Jim said. Jim at Ground Pounder he just weighed his. I think he said he was coming at about seven thousand pounds. Yeah, seven thousand wow. pounds. Seven thousand pounds on a JK. JK. Dude, my that's ton a lot of weight. less than that, bro. And it was fully built. Yeah, <laughs> he's got one ton axles so that adds a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. But uh, still. at least he's built. No, what after what Jim's done this past like you know month of him building yeah. it, like he's actually kind of good for that weight. But me, like, I'm. It's only a matter of time before I break an axle. Like, it's it's right. going to happen. Yeah. yeah, there's a story that my friend Dylan over at Icon told me many years ago. Is he used to go wheeling with a guy on the Rubicon, and um, the guy packed so many tools and so many parts. And he constantly broke. And he was like, oh, I break. I have to bring all these th- things to me. He's like, well, maybe if you left some of that stuff at home, you wouldn't break so much because right. you wouldn't that, weigh 7,000 pounds. Talk about irony. Huh? Like yeah. the, the whole reason you need all this stuff is yeah. because you're bringing all this stuff. Exactly. <laughs> iron. Yeah. yeah. What we need yeah, to do right. is lose the iron and get the aluminum. Right. And you see a lot of the Jeep guys now going to aluminum. They're starting to go that Everybody's route, Everybody's going aluminum. People yeah. are talking about like pronghorn and this, that, and the other. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like poking Evo. I'm like, hey, how about that aluminum fender stuff like that you guys <laughs> yeah. stop making? Like, we need to make that again. The, the aluminum is tough. 
It really is. I understand why companies are very hesitant. To, it's a lot to more. Involved, it's right? way more expensive. Like uh, yes, I mean the price is high, and isn't the welding more difficult? The welding is way more difficult. Yeah. Um, it requires a special kind of welder, and it's not. You can buy the cheap little gun and just use that. But the real welder you're supposed to use to welding the structure of these things. Keep in mind, we have a a one inch shackle that goes to the entire. Everything gets welded to that one inch shackle on our on our on our aluminum, and. Uh, to weld that thick of material, you need a very nice welder. It's not a cheap Harbor Freight welder at right, all. Right, right. Um, it's not TIG. TIG it's is a serious TIG investment. Is not great for for production. So it's it's a MIG welder, but it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and aluminum is not for everybody. We get a lot of guys that come in. And now there's a lot of bad information out there too. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of badly built ones that we their pictures are all over the internet. Well, I mean, let's, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about who is aluminum for. Like, you know, in your opinion, when you're building these for guys and customers and you're having and they're having that conversation in their minds, because I had the same conversation with myself and with some others about what's what is the best to put like for my needs. Right. Do I need steel or do I need aluminum? I ultimately land on aluminum. But I think it's an important conversation from someone right. who's who's the expert. Right. I would say aluminum is for someone that has a good degree of common sense and can apply that to how they drive. Uh, I have aluminum on my foreigner. I have, do not shy away from rock crawling. I do not shy away from bumping off rocks. But I know that if I hit too hard, it could crack. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is people don't understand that. So the general rule of thumb for us, when someone calls, I ask them, what are you doing with the vehicle? Yeah. And, and you know, in, in budget, it's important too, because sure. on, on average, they're four to $500 more for aluminum over steel. Um, and that's going to go up soon because aluminum hasn't gone down. It keeps going up. Okay. Um, and, and if they're like, well, I'm, you know, doing mostly overland stuff and I'm like, stop, say no more. You're pert for aluminum because I know that you have a 300 pound cabinet in the back of your truck. You have a 200 pound <laughs> rack. You have a 150 pound tent. Like you're already the fat bitch in the street. No one wants to date. <laughs> like I'm going to awesome. help you out and, and put a, a everybody light. wants to date me. Shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to talk you into the lighter one. It's what you need. That's going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> everybody wants to date me. So that's a perfect person for that product. But it's also a cost factor too, yeah. um, and, and and I'm not I'm not blind to the fact that we're competing with $500 eBay bumpers that were copied sure. off of John over at All Pro. That's what I'm saying. Which yeah. Chinese bumpers will kill you, right? Yeah, and it, 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 it does. Um, some people are still smart enough to recognize that that you get what you pay for, right? Um, right. And not that they're not smart for doing that because I understand budget. I'm poor. That's why I started this. So I couldn't have nice stuff in my car. My first Tacoma. I did spacers in the front end. I won't even sell a spacer now. Uh, yeah. I did all kinds of things that I, I I wouldn't do now. But you learn, you grow from those things, and you go forward. At least understand what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Um, so for Joe Overlander, uh, aluminum might be the best decision. Yeah, for sure. For, um, to keep the but, weight down. But there's um, other ways to lose weight too. Like, okay, yeah. maybe you can't afford the aluminum bumper, but you probably could afford to leave some stuff home. Sure. I mean, do you really we need a condo fridge your that rig. holds more than right. your house condo, fridge? Yeah. Condo your you gotta, rig. You got to condo your shit. got to condo yeah. your rig. Yeah, yeah. you got to like, we had this episode where we talked about, you know Marie Kondo? Mm-hmm. Right. And so we talked about like, you got to go in there and like a lot of us need to take a serious look at what we're packing. Pull all your shit out. Take, take a look at out. what you're taking with you. You and don't need like five recovery straps. If you haven't you used one, it, you know? don't bring it with you. Like, <laughs> see, I'm on the opposite of that because, and I'll, it's mainly because I'm lazy. I barely bring tools and it's embarrassing sometimes. I don't like to break down. So when someone does break down, I get looked at like I'm on a trail and they're like, but Jason's here. He'll take care of it. <laughs> I'll do the labor, but anyone, anyone have a star wrench? Because no, I didn't bring mine. That's a really good point because we talked, you know, that same episode of Condo, we talked to Eric about when people go out together. Right. Find out, okay, we've got X amount of people with that's winches. True. We've right. got X amount of people with tools. 
okay, he's bringing the fridge with the beer. You know, like <laughs> you don't like, need eight winches. No, right? You don't need eight tool sets. Winches right? crack me up. I wheeled for so many years without a winch because I wheel with people. Like exactly. we never used one. Like <laughs> exactly. now it's like everybody that, that comes in wants a winch. And I'm like, I get it. We also have a lot of guys that are overlanding and I'm using air quotes and they, they want to go off by themselves. <laughs> right. Which I always deter. I'm like, please take someone Don't with you. Don't go. Oh dude. I or got a tracker or something. I've got stories of that. Right. Idiots by right? themselves. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. It just, usually doesn't end well. What, what's the what's the uh, Facebook group, the SoCal Recovery or whatever? Yeah. Oh yeah, just, just because you're, yeah, just because you're part of that group doesn't mean they're going to come rescue you every time. Like, oh, use some common sense. Nope. And if so. you see how long it actually, if you're if you're a member of that group, you can see how long it actually takes for some for some like time. The next so, day, the yeah. next yeah, a lot of those guys aren't actually coming to get you for at least four, five, six hours, if not the next day. I'm shocked they go out there in the first place. It's, I am too. I if it's close, I mean, I don't mind helping someone out, but. You're asking me to go in the middle of nowhere and drag you out. And a lot of times I see on there like, hey, I got here and there was nobody here. Oh, I got out yesterday. I just did an update. I would be mad if I <laughs> drove two so and a half pissed. hours oh, totally. to see a mud hole where someone was stuck in four hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> so or it's yeah. a great way of saying, hey, come rob me. That's, that too. That too. That too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially I'm California. sorry. Not to get dark, but. I've got yeah. the super bill rig. And I always I'm think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. <laughs> or somebody or somebody bringing you to them. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of shitty. But like, even when we went to Moab, I never used my winch. They used their winch. Like, and and again, right? With, Only they, a couple. They were right? posted up top. The guy posted up top who already got through all the shit you're trying to get through. Right. That's the guy that's going to. He's either, the one that's in a position to help anybody. Yeah, he's right, going right. to winch to you and right. bring you up. Mm -hmm. Usually, right? So. Yeah, and they were smart because what they would do is they would do the obstacle. The first guy, they would send their most capable rig, would do the obstacle. He'd go up, turn around. And then set up as as the winch vehicle. Yeah, the anchor. And then everybody else would go. And then whoever right. needed help, they would pull. That way, they didn't have to go through the rigmarole every single time someone got stuck. Swap in a new vehicle. He was ready to go, and they he would just his sit winch there. worked. Yeah. His winch worked. He knew what he was I've doing. I've been that guy. Yeah, I've been that guy at the top of the hill. So my winches actually do get quite a bit of work just because I'm usually asked to lead something or do something yeah. like that. And so mm -hmm. I've been that guy at the top of the hill winching people. And that's rough. That's rough on your winch. Oh, all totally. It's a lot of work. Um, yeah. I, I don't mind doing it. I kind of like doing because I like yep. watching to make sure our bumpers and stuff are you know, going to work well for the yeah. next guy. So I don't mind doing that. But um, honestly, there's so many people that have winches and they probably never get used. Well, you know, that's a really good point. I have one Real sitting quick. in my garage if anybody wants to buy it. I Your doubt winch? I'm going to use it. Seriously, <laughs> I won it in a contest and I don't think anyone's going to I don't think I'm ever going to use it, so I kind of feel like I should just sell it. Hit up, hit up, truck and make truck face if you need a winch. What is it? What, it's what a worn. It's a worn eight thousand pound worn. Nice. It's okay nice for your UTV. Don't get me um, wrong. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Yeah. All right. right. So <laughs> for your UTV. one thing, one thing I wanted want to say is I've heard stories of freaking winches getting just ripped out of bumpers. Yeah. Which is why. Oh, that and, would be and, scary. And honestly, it's funny because we're doing this episode at the Mellow, and it sounds like I'm giving him a plug, but I don't give a <laughs> fuck about Toyota guys. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, my point is, is you want to buy a quality product. Oh yeah. The first time because or your shackle ripping you out, right? It, like you don't Dude, when you need it to work, yes, is the worst time that you're going through. Yeah, when like, you have that recovery point, day. like when, dude, there's no point in having a recovery point on your vehicle if it's just going to rip out and right. kill somebody. Exactly, right? right. <laughs> or your or your, like you said, your winch is going to rip the whole bumper off. Dude, my point is is that like buy it buy it well, buy it right the first time. Don't buy try once. to buy the cheap one, yep. you know, cuz when you're out there and you really need it, that's when you, it has to work. Yes. And if you right. if you went cheap and you got like some fucking shitty piece or whatever, I mean, that's why I'm not super bummed about having steel fucking Evo shit. Right. You know, because yeah. it works really fucking yeah. well on my Jeep. I've never had a problem. I've banged into shit, everything. Yeah. I've used my winch. It's all worked. It all works. But 
if you get that one opportunity where you're like suddenly your winch is just ripped out of your bumper and you cannot use it anymore like that is a really really bad day yeah yeah the most common thing with toyota products uh that i was seeing again i'm not going to mention any names uh most of them most of them are trying to build anyway so we can we can shit on them all we want but <laughs> it's not usually the winch pulling out it's actually the bumper peeling off the frame there you go yeah, yes. they're not, they're not yeah. properly supported of the frame um there's been several of those over the years uh and they're all highly uh noted That's on so online what's that one that was going around just a few months ago the the, the plate peeling off the front yep. end yep it had a, like the, i was talking about earlier where yeah. the shackle is literally welded to the skin and it doesn't matter if that skin's eighth inch uh, three sixteenths or quarter inch. If it's just well of the skin, uh, that's just metal. It's going to yeah. peel. If you get it going, it's just going to keep going. So, yep. um, that, that there's a picture going around about that. Actually, so we've used one of our memes. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that you guys used it. <laughs> yeah. And then we've actually been getting in something we're going to have to start stocking up on. Um, our brackets that we use for our bumpers to clamp them to the frame because there's a bumper and it mounts to the frame itself and then we use a bracket that goes around the bumper and the frame and it ties in further back on the frame so oh, there's wow. literally no way you can pull it off without i mean you without, have to peel the frame off with yeah. it so we've had a couple people that have contacted us and, and you know asking for just those brackets so we don't usually order extra but we're going to start doing that now because nice. we get asked for that quite a bit so who so going back to the original question who who would use a steel bumper like who, who's that customer? Um, honestly, it comes down to cost. Um, there's also a lot of, uh, I don't know if it's stereotypes is the right word, but there's a lot of, well, this is what I want because this is, I'm going to be the tough guy. I want to have the strong one. Yeah. Um, and the steel is definitely stronger. Um, aluminum can be stronger, but yeah. the amount of, I mean, we make, we make our aluminums pretty thick and the weight same. We just talk about that too. The, an average steel bumper that we make is about a hundred to 115 pounds for a steel bumper. Whereas aluminum is anywhere from 40 to 50. Oh my God. Oh, wow. So it's Dude, a significant like, difference. difference. That is huge. That's why everyone's going to aluminum with the yeah, two guys. It's yeah. significant, yeah. but you also have to put that weight into, into like realistic terms. Like everyone hears that number, they get all excited. I'm like, are you telling me you don't have 70 pounds of extra crap in your car you can't In the lose? back already? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure you got an extra kid you don't need or something back there. Leave him home. No, I'm I've got Sorry, two. Bobby, you're not going wheeling with dad anymore. But seriously, <laughs> there's, a there's a lot of stuff that you can lose. But I only bring that up when someone, you know, they're like, wow, it's expensive. I'm, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, well, what else can you lose in the car that you don't need? Like, you could save the extra money. You can save your four or $500 in upcharge by just not carrying... 80 gallons of water like how do much you, do you really and i mean need? honestly if yeah. you're talking about 60 70 pounds that's literally the weight of almost a, of like an agm battery yeah like if do you yeah. really need a dual battery setup because if you don't you could literally pull that out of the front end and put one of these on and break even hey one thing i will say in crawling especially with like an overland rig where i'm really top heavy one thing i think has saved my ass even when we went to moab yeah was how bottom heavy she was with like the sliders right. having the that bumpers, low that low cg that low yeah. that yeah. low center of gravity and and I think there's something to be said about that too, where it's right. like, that is kind of like, it keeps you planted. Keeps it does. You down. Now, yeah. depending on your angle or whatever, I'm sure it all plays in, but I think my ass was saved on a couple of those obstacles because of how heavy the bottom was. And it kind of offset the 180 pound tent, the 50 pound awning <laughs> right. and the 50 pound fucking rack that I had on top, right. of, the roof, on top of the Jeep. So our, we had a t 2016 Tacoma we bought uh, when the t new Tacoma style came out. We got that, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be an overlander. Went out and got a, <laughs> got a CVT tent, put it on top up there, had all the lights and stuff, built a custom rack for it, had the gas cans, everything up there. 
I wheeled that thing. I did not like how it handled yeah. having that that extra two hundred pounds. Top, yeah. I was like, "Ooh, this is not a good feeling." Like I sucked it's a like, few seats into my ass at that it's time. Like being on a boat, huh? Yeah. It's like it, just kind of. Well, it wasn't so much it was sway. It was just like in those situations where you're tilted over. Yeah. And it bumped, and you felt yourself bump a little further. Yeah. Like, it, it, I don't it's, like it's that almost feeling. Like the momentum like, took you over. A little you bit. could definitely like you were getting feel pulled it. that yeah. extra inch yeah. over, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely could feel it, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Um, it is cool having you know your little bed wherever you go and yeah. that stuff's all nice and everything but uh i did not like that feeling i like to keep my rig as light as possible hence another reason why i leave a lot of stuff at home yeah <laughs> no tools no Dude, spare parts there's a to that point like there's something we just experienced this past week at the icon overland experience which was the shift pod tents oh right those little geodesic freaking like have you seen those yeah we've yeah. a couple of those dude so i'm like that's maybe like an option. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you've got this massive room that seems like it it's insulated it's really insulated. well. Yeah, so it, it, it and I know this because um, Shannon and I almost pulled the trigger on one back in December. Yeah. And they were having a big um, end of the year sale and we almost pulled the trigger and the only reason I didn't is because I wasn't sure on the size to get. Yep. And they're not cheap. Like yeah. they're they're pricey, but mm. they would stand like hundred miles. Yes, wins. like they have videos they of warm these things up really well. Like I, Brad had his at that event, and yeah. he's like, "Yeah, check it out." Like I poked my head, and I'm like, "It's so warm it's in nice here. in here." Yeah, it's so nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you you put a buddy heater on those in the winter, and it's it, it, you may as well be at home. And you right. can stand it's amazing. up in them. You can and stand up in them. Yeah. The only the only drawback is um they're they're big. Like they fold down. They're about five seven, five about five foot seven inches tall when they fold right. up um, and they're probably a good 12 inches around so they're not small but you know if you're not if you don't have a rooftop tent you can easily put it on the roof rack or you can put and it and then inside. that opens you up for like storage up totally. top instead of an entire like for yeah. me in my case i love my so i have a trailer of a sar tent mm -hmm. it's a king size bed it folds out it's huge the whole family can my wife my two kids comfortably sleep right. up there and it's warm so which is like huge like all those points like check off every single box that i right. need um, but except you lose your roof dude, space. The entire roof is my tent. Exactly. It's just one big block and the weight penalty. Like, yeah. And the weight penalty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so. that's my thing. Like for why I haven't put a rooftop tent on the FJ is because I, I use my roof. I put a lot of stuff up there, um, when I'm kind of traveling and I don't want to give up that storage space. That's the whole reason I got the rack in the first right. place was for the storage space. And, and the second thing is the weight penalty. Like I, I like the fact that I can set up camp, take it all out, leave it there and then go do my thing. Well, that's what in, in Texas, it's completely, I do a lot of events and um, Texas is one of the, my favorite ones I do. The G, the, uh, sorry, I almost said the J word. Uh, Toyota Jamboree. <laughs> <Such a pussy. laughs> uh, Toyota Jamboree, I've been doing that. They since, copied the Jeep Jamboree. <laughs> since, they, since they did that when they first started out there. And I, there's definitely a difference. And I've watched that community grow as well as this community grow. And the way they do the overlanding thing, I'm using air quotes again, and is <laughs> they don't put their tents on top of their cars. They put them on a trailer behind yep, their car. Yep. Right. They and a tell lot of guys there. are doing that now. A yeah. lot of guys are doing yeah. that now. And yeah. that just, I personally don't like having, I mean, it's cool if you're like, if your goal is to go from one place to the next to the next, point to it point makes sense camp, to have yeah. it on you. Yep. But if you're going to a place where you're going to go off and have fun, it makes sense to drop it at camp, leave totally. it alone. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've seen guys in the morning getting up from camp and they're going to go play in the, during the day and go wheel right. or whatever. Yeah, and they got to put all that stuff away. I'm like, that's a lot of Takes work. Take some 20, 30 minutes just yeah. to get all the shit back into the Jeep. Yeah. Like, yeah. All yeah. your pots and pans are in the back, as you're wheeling like again i don't like heavy stuff and all you hear is just clang ching chong i don't know leave it at camp that's yep. awesome yeah uh, you know it's uh i'm seeing a lot of guys starting to get 
the trailers and they're throwing their tents on top of their trailers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, it still makes sense because my wife enjoys being off the ground. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want the critters and like the wildlife. Granted, I just saw a video of a boil constrictor like going up a tree. So there's no stopping shit. No, it wants to come get you. Yeah. Um, All mountain lions can jump. Fake yeah, but it's I won't. Fake I won't tell her. That, I won't tell her that shit. Yeah. Uh, she's happy. I'm happy. She's coming with me. Hope she don't listen to this. Yeah. Right. She never listens she to anything I do. She doesn't give two. She's like, what are you doing, think, Frank? I don't think either one of our wives listen to this. You guys are gonna go all. play again. Okay. Have fun with yeah. Frank. Have fun storming the castle. Oh, but it's serious. People like us. I don't. She, she doesn't give two fucks. No. Um, anyways, but yeah. But so for that, the tent's great. But if I had one of those shift pods, I think if I go out, like it'd be great. Put the tent down set up camp and take off and go have fun with people at night. Right. Exactly. I never get to do anything at night because all my shit's set exactly. up. I don't want to break it down. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, see, my wife, uh, no, there's no ground happening. There's no tent happening. 38-foot motorhome, we're good. <laughs> Which is ironic because we, whenever we go now, the kids, we have four kids, and wherever we go now, uh, the kids are like, can we tent? Can we camp? I guess. I, I guess mean, if, if the fireplace and the three TVs aren't enough for you, I mean, you can go put the $20 tent up over there in the sleep grass. In the dirt. <laughs> enjoy yourselves tonight. <laughs> that's that's what they like. So that's cool. We, we, we don't. We don't hate on that, yeah. but uh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I've slept in the ground way too many times. I'm perfectly fine you're, not doing that done. no more. That's funny. Your kids are going to like sleep on sleeping bags with their children like on right. the ground. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cycle will continue. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, Jason, you know, thanks for sitting down with us. I no really problem. appreciate you, you know, inviting us into your shop. Um, giving me an opportunity to finally kind of see the, inst the inner workings of, uh, of the Mellow Off Road, you know, <laughs> and uh, and spend some time. How can people um, find you and get a hold of you? Um, usually on most corners. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, cheap. <laughs> I got the sign that says "Help, we'll work for food." Uh, no, just our website. Uh, www. Do I even need to say that anymore? Themelloffroad.com. Pretty easy to find. Yeah. Um, D e m o l l o. D m e. DME. Yeah. -E I can't Dim do the spelling so well. <laughs> Let's let him do it. Do the spelling. <laughs> I could try. I don't even know if I can do it. I'm a horrible speller. Not, the whole reason I did my my last name is because when I was growing <laughs> You're up. You're not going to forget it? <laughs> well, well hey, everyone made fun of hey, me. Sorry. There's three of the, You brought these ciders. They're I jalapeno did. ciders. They're freaking actually really I delicious. feel like you need tortilla chips with those. You're right? kind of do. <laughs> that's not the a guac, bad idea. Yeah, and I'm, I'm three deep through this so podcast. This is, so um, if I'm I gonna, can't spell, that's why. I'm going <laughs> to plug them real quick because they're awesome. Um, this is Saro Craft Cider. S-A-R-O. They're from Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. You got um, it on your trip. With, I uh, went Shane, on my right? trip yeah. and this is, and we got it from them. Um, it's a cool little place. Um, they're just a little kind of tiny little shop and mm -hmm. they make their own ciders and they had, this is a jalapeno. That's uh, good. All three times yeah. were good. It's so yeah. good. So Very cool. Check them out in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, demelloffroad.com. I yeah. use my name because I honestly uh, got made fun of a lot when I was a kid for that. So I'm like, you know what? For I'll your last name? name? Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. What? <laughs> Try having a last name like Sedagot. Like nobody knows how to say that shit. It's like 20 letters oh, long. Oh, mine still gets butchered. Every oh, day someone calls us. Demilo really? there? Is Demilo there? <laughs> There's no R in the fucking name, <laughs> asshole. Where are you getting are this you from? Are you Italian? Yeah. No, I'm not Italian. <laughs> Most common question I get. That's funny. <laughs> 
And then, of course, Instagram, DeMello Off-Road. Yeah, of course, Instagram. You yep. always find us there. Yeah, come Very poke cool. me, make fun of me. <laughs> hey, this was a lot more fun than I thought it'd be. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. hang out with some Toyota guys. They're going to like <laughs> piss sorry. on Jeeps the whole time. It makes you feel better. One of my employees has a Jeep. Awesome. Good for you. I mean, it, doesn't, it, it never runs. You're he barely better. makes it to work, but You're better it's still for a Jeep. It. It You're better for it. He's always uh, late to work. It never runs. Because <laughs> he's off enjoying adventure. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> off the side of the 15 freeway broke down. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, we work on our shit a lot. Um, oh man, so good. No, it was it was a good time, man. Good, good. Glad yeah, to, glad thanks, to spend Jason. Some time with you. No um, problem. So uh, let's let's pay some bills, and we'll cool. uh, we'll take care of our one our one favorite person or phone favorite group team. Yep. company. Business. KC. Yeah, KC. Um, KC highlights have been with us from the beginning, supporting us um, in our shenanigans. And uh, thanks for believing in us. Check them out, caseyhighlights.com. Celebrating our 50th anniversary right yeah, now. Yeah, 50th anniversary is happening. And it's funny, when we first started this podcast, I was not part of KC. That's right. Now That's I'm right. actually running their entire marketing effort, which is a trip. See, dreams do come true. Dreams do come true. <laughs> As I cry to my as everyone runs to start their own podcast, (laughs) I got a podcast too. (laughs) You know how hard we work for this shit. God damn it! Get out of your living room, fucker. Uh, Mom's basement. Mom's basement. Your mom's basement. Exactly. So before this goes downhill any further, um, thanks for listening. Um, You can find us at rigfordirt.com. Rigfordirt on Instagram. Don't forget to follow the RFD. LA and RFDOC on Instagram and soon, soon to be RFD San Diego. That's right. SD. Um, uh, yeah, soon to be with Dead Men Off Road. And actually, I think before this podcast comes out, um, we will have patches still um, for the RFD San Diego. For the San Diego, it, we'll be, have ten left or yep. nine left, something like that. Yep, exactly. And that'll be the only chance to get those because once they're gone, they're gone. Yep. So check them out. Um, I am at Trucky McTruckface. I am at Kate Edgy. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Take care, guys.